0: Welcome to another episode of Talk Commerce, the podcast that explores the latest trends and insights in the world of e-commerce. In this episode, we have a special guest joining us, Matt Holman, an e-commerce expert and founder of various startups, including Essential Hub and QPilot. Matt brings with him a wealth of knowledge and experience in the subscription industry, and we are thrilled to have him on the show. Brent and Matt will discuss the importance of subscription-based business models in today's e-commerce landscape and how businesses can leverage innovative solutions to unlock their subscription growth. Throughout the episode, Brent and Matt will share their insights on the challenges and opportunities in the e-commerce industry and practical tips and advice for businesses looking to grow their e-commerce operations. So sit back, relax and join us as we dive into the world of e-commerce with Brent Peterson and Matt Holman on this episode of Talk Commerce. Remember to visit our sponsors, who help us keep this podcast going. You can hear Brent tell a side-splitting joke during the episode, but if you wait until the end, you will hear me tell an even funnier joke.
1: Have you heard of the Hoofa theme for Magento? It is a powerful yet intuitive theme that has been designed to help Magento store owners create the perfect online store. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a store that is unique and engaging, while taking advantage of the latest technology that will make your site blazing fast. The theme is built with a modern, responsive design that is optimized for maximum performance and usability. You can easily achieve Google Lighthouse scores of 10. It is also fully customizable, allowing you to adjust its look and feel to fit your brand overall the hoofa theme is the best choice for any magento site it is easy to set up and customize and it provides powerful features to help you create a successful online store plus it is designed to work seamlessly with your existing magento store so you can take advantage of its powerful features and tools with the Hufa theme you can create a beautiful engaging and successful magento site Go to hyva.io to learn more, that's hyva.io, and tell them that Talk Commerce sent you. Are you interested in AI content generation but you don't know where to start? Have you tried ChatGPT and found it doesn't work or you don't even know what to do with the results? Have you had problems starting your marketing campaign or started and lost momentum? When was the last time you have a blog post live on your website? My friends at Content Basis have a fantastic offer for you. They use predictive analytics to find content opportunities that will perform on your website. They leverage those opportunities using machine learning and humans to create content that outperforms any other content you've seen before. They don't stop there. They have two human editors reviewing your content before it goes live. Once your content is live, they create 10 social posts on each of those content pages that was just launched. Finally, they work with you to see how those posts are performing and what they can do to add change or update the posts in the future. Content basis is putting the human into your content marketing. And your content automation. But don't take my word for it. Look at what ContentBasis has been doing for Talk Commerce for the last four months. ContentBasis is currently accepting beta candidates for WordPress, BigCommerce, and Shopify. Go to contentbasis.io. That's contentbasis.io and learn how you can create marketing strategies that work into the future. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I have Matthew Holman. He is the head of growth at Qpilot and the founder of Subscription Prescription. Matthew, go ahead do and do a better introduction than I just did. Tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life
2: sure absolutely brent yeah i'm really happy to be here chatting with you so my day job really is q pilot and i run marketing for that so we do a lot of content creation lead generation nurturing and ultimately trying to close business for the software and then i do a lot of i do all the content for subscription prescription which is essentially a newsletter and content we do around education related to subscription programs and something i'm passionate about i've just started training for a triathlon for the first time. I love running. So I'm going to take a stab at biking and swimming and see if I can not kill myself. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Which triathlon are you training oh, for? Oh
2: man. Oh my God. The half Ironman in St. George in May. Cause oh, awesome. That. So, yeah. That is so cool.
1: <laughs> my my <laughs> wife just did Ironman Arizona and she was one spot away from getting the world's aren't in St. George this year. They're in um, Finland. Or next year, I should say, but yeah, I've only done one Ironman and a half. It wasn't even a full, so anyways.
2: I'm looking for the half. That's enough for me to get started. That's plenty of activity outside
1: of running. Yeah, good. (laughs) Yeah, well, if we have time at the end, we can talk more about running, but I'm also a runner and very passionate about it. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. So Matthew, I know that I did prep you on the idea of my free joke project, and all I'm gonna do Mm -hmm. is tell you a joke, and you just have to tell me if it should remain free or if we could charge for it. And now I wish I would've found a joke about triathlon or running, but <laughs> here we go. Three weeks ago, I sent my hearing aids in for repair. I've heard nothing.
2: That one I think should stay free.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Some of them are pretty lame. Um, all right, so today we're gonna talk about subscriptions. Tell us about subscriptions and how ba- brands can should approach subscriptions.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it's pretty exciting in our economy now. E-commerce is becoming more and more popular. I think subscriptions are a growing piece of that. For a long time, most people thought of subscriptions as like a subscription box right? Like you're getting gentleman's box or you're getting food every month or something really snazzy in a box. But we're seeing more and more of this rise of this increasing engagement where say dollar shave club. So as a bald guy. I have a dollar shave club subscription. I've had that for years and I get razors on a subscription. People are getting pet food, CBD, you name it on a subscription. So I think what's exciting about it is an opportunity. Yes. On the business side, that recurring revenue, which is great for financial modeling and hiring and planning. But really the opportunity is from an engagement standpoint, you can have a deeper relationship with your customers.
1: And I, we've had some people on in the past who've done subscriptions. And I think one commonality is that merchants should look into their inventory, into their catalog to see things that could possibly be a subscription. Is there any Mm -hmm. that you would prescribe on what people should be looking at to try to find those things?
2: Yeah, I think the first thing you do want to do is look at your repeat order rate. So just look at the rate at which customers are buying your product. So if you have even th- anything approaching where somebody's ordering something a couple times a year, that's potentially a good subscription option. If it's more frequent than that, then you definitely have a subscription option. The other thing is a lot of times customers will be asking for that. So a lot of customers are looking for that because they know they could get a discount, right? Most subscriptions come with, say, you get 10% off on a monthly subscription. So some people are looking, Hey, I'm already buying this regularly. I'd like to get this on a subscription. So that's the first place I would look at. Then if you're thinking about it's a consumable, if we're looking at people are using this product pretty consistently, those are very obvious choices for subscriptions.
1: Yeah. And I could say that I've had a consistent subscription for tea since 1999 online. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that's awesome.
1: I, there's some very obvious ones. Are there some other ones like yeah. that maybe aren't so obvious that seem like a really good fit for a subscription? Yeah. Besides I think tea and coffee?
2: Most, yeah. The most fascinating one is outside of maybe the beverage space, the food space itself is growing pretty dramatically right now. So COVID had a pretty strong effect on where people were starting to be more, like it used to be, you would never, I don't want to get fresh food delivered to my house. I'm just going to stop by the market on my way home or whatever and grab it. It's more convenient. It's fresh, but with COVID, people became less comfortable, wanted to go do that, and they became more comfortable with getting food delivered. Not just Uber Eats. I'm talking about Hello Fresh and these boxes. There's a lot of that is growing in prominence because people are becoming more comfortable with having things delivered to their house. There's more control. And then for other verticals, I think re- an interesting one is B2B, the B2B space. So you could be selling, say, you sell an AC unit to a house, and you put the filters on a subscription. I have a hot tub. We have a hot tub in our backyard. The chemicals I use to clean it are on a subscription that we get. So it's really about a replenishment in that instance. I want to get something without forgetting about it. And especially if it's a product that needs to be done in a certain frequency, like cleaning chemicals to your hot tub or replacing your air filters.
1: Yeah, now that's such a good point too for the consumer. I think about the filter in our refrigerator and I order three Mm -hmm. at a time and I should have it on a subscription, but... I just wait for that third one to come up and then I know I should order another one. It'd be so much easier if I just had one coming in. And I know that Amazon is great at pushing you into subscriptions and yeah, there's a are. reason, right? Because they want you to do it. What are some mistakes that you see brands making when they're approaching subscriptions?
2: I think a couple things come down to one. Do you see some that are making the mistake of it's like a top-down Like it's an executive team. We want to make a revenue push and we're going to do it this way without necessarily looking at what customers are asking for or what they need. So that's a common mistake that I see. It's more we wish this was our business instead of figuring out what our business or our customers need. The second thing relates to data and that's understanding. And it's, you want to understand why people are buying your product. And I don't just mean if you're selling a a common ones, like a weight loss product, it's, it, it might seem obvious to the brand we're selling a weight loss product but what more, what are the additional reasons why people are buying it? Is it I'm buying weight loss products so that I can be lighter for rent training for my triathlon? Is it I'm trying to, I'm getting married and I want to look but like getting in some of these deeper reasons. You start to uncover more powerful reasons why people want your product. And the reason I bring that up is because that's the information you need that drives real good retention. If you don't know why people are buying, you have to marry that with why people are canceling and you start to figure out this complete customer journey of why they want the subscription in the first place so that you can then build your marketing and all of your motions to try to drive that retention and that long-term profitability and make it actually work and stick for the consumer. How much would, how much data analysis would you recommend
1: a merchant look at when they're looking at their existing subscriptions? And is there something in there besides just canceling that they should be looking at?
2: Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. If you're looking at without a data science degree or anything like that, the two things I always look at is one is you want to look at the top reasons why people cancel. And most subscriptions are actually pretty common. They're similar. So a a really common one is I have too much product, but you want to get into the why behind they have too much product. As an example, a pet food company we work with, they found out that people, their customers had too much product because they didn't know how much to order for their dogs, because dogs are different sizes. So they went back and redesigned their product page and they saw this huge lift in conversions and retention. So do they have too much product or say the weight loss option or the weight loss example? I have too much product because I'm not actually taking it every day like I'm supposed to right like you're supposed to take the one pill a day i have 20 pills left over cuz i've only taken it 10 times so maybe i need a better reminder i need content i need a text engagement system to remind me to take the pills so that's the first thing you get into the why people are canceling and try to uncover those extra reasons and see if that's a common problem you can fix the next thing is i look at it and it, most people can look at it with software you can see like the average life of your subscriber say it's 4 months But averages are really hard with subscriptions because you have a ton of people that cancel before month one happens, and then you have a core group of people that stick around forever. So I'd like to look at just, what are some big cliffs? Is zero month, the first purchase to month one is typically a big cliff. When's your next big cliff? Is it month two, is it month three, is it month four? So that's the second thing I would look at after the reasons for canceling, is look at that and start to see what can I do to prep people for that. If a common drop-off point is month three, is that because people are tired of it? Do I need to upsell something different? Is that because people haven't seen a good benefit? Do I need to do better at helping them drive uh, consumption or usage? So that's like the thought process behind those two data points I would look at. I think
1: one thing I can think of now that you've mentioned that, especially for the tea company. So I've been a consistent customer for a long time, but they've never reached out to figure out what else might I want from them. I do get surprises in my box every once in a while to say, here's a sample, blah, blah, blah. But I never get a follow up on, Hey, how, what did you think of that sample (laughs) right there? And I think about, uh, (laughs) what has it been? Jeez, 20 years more than that of how long I've been getting,
2: you're the dream subscriber. (laughs) Like you've been with them for 20 years. They could probably get you to try or participate in giving feedback in almost anything because of all that trust and love you have for the product. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I I think about the first, it's not a mistake, but it's just a missed, would call it a missed opportunity where uh, maybe sometimes merchants are focused on that cliff, right? But then their core group, they're not focused on what do they do? What are they getting? And I also have a coffee subscription. It hasn't been that long, but they do give me a a a sample, not a sample. They swap out my, they give me a seasonal blend. So I order, I order maybe a dark roast and then a seasonal blend for that period. But I think missed opportunity there too is, Hey, what did you think of that? And maybe get some
2: really pushing for some feedback on it. Yeah. You mentioned that. And that would have been the third data point I was, is upsells, right? Thinking, looking at your data to see what are common products that are bought together or what are the most profitable subscribers ordering? Because those are the types of products you want to be pushing to others. But really for me, like I mentioned, subscriptions are an opportunity to engage with your most loyal customers. And that engagement means you should be collecting data, right? If I'm running a coffee subscription and I have somebody who's willing to try this different blend... I following up with surveys and collecting data on what they like or didn't like means that I now have a ton of information for my product team on what else we should be developing. Maybe there's different bundles or pricing. Like ultimately a lot of subscriptions, the goal should be not just the repeat order, but it's profitability and you get profitability by taking a customer that you've already paid to acquire and figuring out how to make more money from them. And the best way to do that is to understand what they like or don't like or what they want or don't want.
1: Yeah. I think Subscriptions are another opportunity to bring in a new product line. If, you're, if you are right. bringing in a new product line, I can think of Tailwind, which is a it's a supplement or a energy supplement that I use for running. They'll, they often will give me something new in my package that that it would entice me to try to. As right. they're growing their brand, they're bringing in more things. Subscriptions. I think that's an opportunity that should be obvious to any merchant, but is there any other
2: opportunities that they have in terms of that? I would think just to double down on what you said is what makes me think of that is it may seem obvious that you're buying that tailwind product because you're a runner. It's a product for runners, but understand like a lot of businesses don't go that far. Like it's, what are you training for? Are you training for something? Are you just doing it because you're just having fun and that's how you find mental and physical well-being? Is there a goal in mind? Like as soon as you unpack that extra layer of data on what you're trying to get from the product, now I can choose, oh, if you're just doing this for fun, like maybe I just want to send you a free T-shirt that's just run and chill. If you're training for something, oh, wow, I've got a whole list of products and a training module and content. Like it's really you can start to segment your customers based on the out the benefit that they're going for the outcome that they're looking for and it just makes it so much easier to market it is so I like that and so I guess another thing
1: that merchants would do or could do is partner with somebody that is has a
2: complementary product
1: yep. that would like to also get on that Have you've seen that happen
2: it, it does to a point it can be a little bit tricky be just because from the value exchange i think initially i've seen a few brands will do that like a coffee company might partner with a tea company or maybe like a coffee press with a roasting company i think the most the more what's i'm seeing a lot of is comes down to like influencers or content right so if you can partner say that running you're selling products to runners, you're going to, are you going to partner with Meb, right? To who wants to talk about product or as an additional upsell, like you can get on a big zoom call with a thousand other people to hear Meb talk about his training, like what he used to do for his training regimens. And, and that can be a content that you can offer to your subscribers. So I think like for me, I see opportunity around content because that scales really effectively. Community is another aspect. Again, if you can Unify your subscribers around a common problem. I've never joined a Facebook group for bald guys, but if somebody was trying to sell me some products related to like hair recovery, I might actually consider doing that because I want to talk to other people that are using the product and what's happening to them and stuff. So those are the ways I think that that are happening that really fascinating that brands are starting to leverage really in a really cool way. Yeah, and to those listening, not on the video, both
1: Matthew and I have hairlines that recede to the back of our necks, So (laughs) hair care products are probably out for me in terms of a subscription. When you're working with a brand, where do you start? How do you get them going? Yeah.
2: So it it depends if the two use cases is whether they're doing subscriptions or not. And if somebody isn't, then we're thinking about trying to do stuff related to MVP and data collection. So making sure you have your your Google analytics set up on your product pages to track that people are choosing the subscription option. Or not, so you can start to test A B test offers on the page to see if that drives conversions. Coming up with an MVP related to an offer, not making it too complicated. You're not going to launch Stitch Fix overnight, right? You're not going to launch Dollar Shave Club overnight. You want to come up with something to test the assumption around what people, like the reasons why people want to buy. And then also make sure you're collecting data on the back end, understanding why people are buying, if you're doing post-purchase surveys, but also why people are canceling. So those are the, that's the foundation. Like you need to start collecting data. You want to start testing assumptions and you want to do it in a way that's like an MVP. So as, as minimum as you can make it to make it effective and start testing so that you can start gathering data. Again, like the dog food example I used earlier was a good one. They ran a subscription program for two years without investing a lot into it because they were prioritizing other parts of their business, but they were collecting data the whole time. And then when they decided to focus on it, say they got their landed cost down and they were working on their margins and some of their acquisition stuff, now they focused on subscriptions. They suddenly had all this data and they could make improvements to the business and boom, their program started to scale dramatically. So that's the first thing. If you're already doing them, then you want to start. It can be a little bit more complex, but you really want to get into understanding the acquisition and the churn part, the data pieces I already mentioned. Because if you do have that data, then you have to start tying it together and start testing it to see where you can find the holes and where you can connect things. Tell me a little bit about coupon. how does that fit in? Sure. Yeah. So QPilot subscription software that works for e-commerce brands we're on WooCommerce and just launching on Shopify. We've been around for years and we're essentially a platform that you tie into your website. So you can do that subscribe and save option on your product page. We're doing stuff with a customer portal that sits on your website where they can manage and control everything. And then we do a lot related to data and notifications and things like that to make the subscription experience really. And then
1: subscription prescription, yeah. what's the deal with yeah. that?
2: Yeah. So it's a fun story. As a marketer, when I joined Q pilot about two years ago, we've done a lot of things related to ads and your typical kind of sales process, but I'm a content creator and educator at heart. And earlier this year, we decided, you know what, like a newsletter that nobody's really reading the Q pilot newsletter, like that seems boring. So let's launch something different. And so subscription prescription is really just me taking all the stuff that I've learned working with brands, all the stuff I've learned from seeing what other people are doing or not doing and distilling that into some, we call it a a weekly dose. It's your weekly dose of subscription tips. It's about a five to 10 minute read. We talk acquisition, retention, the whole flywheel, as I like to call it. Basically, just trying to help people out because it's subscriptions is one of those weird things. It's not a, it's not a degree, and even within e-commerce, it's a bit of a specialty. Most marketers have, or IT people have, maybe they did it at a business or two, but really not a lot. And so, just trying to give a few more tools out there to help people grow their program.
1: As a marketer, do you have some metrics that should be looking at? To, I to A, identify potential pers- subscriptions and then making sure that you're following along with those. Do you have like maybe the top five that you'd recommend as a marketer?
2: Yeah. I would say like the first thing you want to be looking at, aside, so churn is a top line one, right? Like You want to be paying attention to that. But I think the other one is you really need to be looking at, and in many instances, more specifically with acquisition. What do your conversion rates look like? And what are your conversion rates per channel? Are are some sales channels more effective at driving subscribers than others? And then I would say you wanna get into what's called cohort analysis is then, can I break those out? Can I track people by, I can track them by product, I can track them by sales channel looking at that that how people are acquiring them and then testing them with offers and maybe your standard offer is 10 percent off but this weekend we did a special and we bumped the subscription discount to 30 percent. so i'm tracking conversions but i'm also tracking retention on that cohort how did that cohort perform so if i can acquire the customer profitably then to me i'm not as worried about uh, dropping somebody off in month one because they just signed up for the discount. If that means I have a core group of customers that are now subscribing for over a year. So that's the thing is, and then making sure you're looking at the a thing that a common mistake I see a lot of brands do is they get really consumed with this idea of people subscribe and then they cancel. So 10 or 20% of your customers on average are going to sign up for the discount and that's it you're never going to see from them again. If it's more than that, then there's probably a problem with your offer. But the mistake I see is people get obsessed over that 10 or 20% they're losing. And they almost forget the fact they've got 80 or 90% that hit that month one. And I would spend more time focusing on them, not the why people canceled, but the reason why people stay and what they like, and then get better at giving more people that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I can't tell you how many times that merchants miss out on the counting, measuring, testing bid, marketers are pushing it. And you would think more marketers would get together with more merchants to try to solve this problem. Matthew, if you had a nugget to tell somebody going into quarter one or just going into 2023, what would that be from an Uh, e-commerce standpoint?
2: Engagement. So I think that it, it seems a little bit complicated at first, but engagement is an opportunity to learn more and gain more from your customers. So subscriptions is a great avenue for that. I think community is a second thing to be looking at, whether you're talking memberships or driving people to a face group or just trying to create community around your brand or around the problem you're solving, even if it's something like that. But engagement is what I would be focusing on. How can I learn more from my customers? How offer them more? How can I do that at scale? I think is what's going to really differ, cost of differentiation going into 2023. People are already calling it the year of retention because I think with the recession and other things that might be looming or a lot of the macroeconomic issues that we're facing, acquisition might be tougher and it's always getting more and more competitive. So looking, thinking about how you can engage more with your customers is going to be a great way to not just unlock profitability from them, but also learn how to market to new ones better.
1: Matthew, as we close out the podcast, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. Sure. What would you like to plug today?
2: Yeah. I'd love to connect with me on LinkedIn, Matthew Holman, and sign up for my newsletter, subscription, prescription, if you're working in e-commerce or anything at all, I'd love you to check it out and give me some feedback or, and I always open to questions or anything.
1: That's awesome. And I'll make sure I get those links on the show notes. Matthew Holman, the head of growth at Qpilot and the founder of Subscription Prescription. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Great. Thank you, Brent.
0: Thanks again for listening to Talk Commerce. Brent Peterson hosted today's episode. Please review and rate this podcast wherever you download your podcasts. My name is Jackie Downing. Now your actual funny joke. I pinned a Rolex to the post just outside my house. It's the Neighbourhood Watch. Please visit the show at talk-commerce.com and drop us a note.